Well, hello and welcome back to the Yamcast. My name is Erica. I'm Chris. And what we like to do on this podcast is we like to help young adults navigate life. Um, And we do that through using scripture because that is the best guide for our lives. So why not start there, right? Great place to start. Yeah. So if we say something that you disagree with or you think, oh, I would love to hear more about that, you could reach out to us couple different social medias look at or the yamcast or you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com all right doesn't it feel like sometimes that takes too long and sometimes it, it's too short i feel like sometimes it changes yeah it changes um the length i feel like james is uh tricking us what if he is he's like and now you get five seconds and now you get 30 seconds James is a little podcast elf, and he's just making... Well, let's see if making, they notice. He's our he's our house elf walking around making things miserable. Oh. Little, our little Harry, Dobby. Harry Potter. Yeah. Harry Potter. Such a Christmas thing. Like, I don't know why, because I know that there is Christmas in almost every single movie. Sure. But it is so funny to me, at least. I find it to be a very Christmassy. Like, I want to watch them during the Christmas season. Yeah. And I've heard other people say that as well. And it's interesting because it's not like it's Christmas. It's like you're diehard. Right? It is, yeah. It's a Christmas party, so it must be a Christmas movie. <laughs> but even that, it's funny because you're right. The The Christmas scenes in those movies or the books are so small compared mm-hmm. to the rest of it. But righty. We got a special guest today. We do. Mr. Judah. So if you hear, uh, yeah, you might have just heard that. Yeah. You're going to hear a lot. It's great. Aww. All right, we might have to... Uh, He's so happy. Maybe if I just rock my legs. He's so unsure, you know. He's still still so young. Six but, weeks. But for the listener, he's really stinking cute. So he is. if you could see what we see, you would not... He's just staring at that microphone like, what is that? Yeah, yeah. So what are you reading these days? So it is the Advent season. It is. Right? And so I saw somebody post this on Instagram. Sometimes Instagram is great for those things. Sometimes. And it's a, like an Advent devotional, a daily cool devotional called Love Came Down at Christmas Yeah. by Sinclair Ferguson. Have you ever? He's amazing. Okay. Sinclair Ferguson is, but I've not done that specific devotional. So we're two days in. It's it's pretty good. Like yeah. it's it's just a couple of pages to read, and so my husband and I will read it at night. Usually, either when we're putting him to bed or when he's already in bed, and then yeah. So it's been pretty good. It's nice to have something to read to kind of remember this is that season. This is that season, and it's not just about lights and presents and you know yeah, Home Alone and <laughs> the Grinch. Harry Potter and whatever <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> So it's been, it has been good, and it makes you kind of think a little bit. Uh, the first two kind of he was focusing on parts of, and maybe that's what they all will be, I don't know, actually, but they were focusing on parts of First Corinthians 13, mm. talking about, uh, this is the last one, was talking about using your gifts. Are you using your gifts more, or are you fo- wanting, or uh, what was it? Are you wanting to be known for using your gifts or for loving people? Mm. And so that was very... Because, yeah. you know, in the first part where he's talking about totally. prophecy. And yeah. so that was very interesting. Very good. What about you? That's very good. And it ties into last week's podcast. It does. So that's that's It's cool. true, yeah. Way to bring it all together there. Yeah. You're doing awesome. Uh, I'm reading a couple different things. Uh, so the first of all, the conversation we're having about women in ministry 
has pushed me back into uh, there's a, a a bunch of books called the Views or Counterpoint series from Zondervan. Have you ever? Well, didn't you give? Is that the one that you Probably. gave me that was? Had to do with probably two views on women in ministry. Yeah. Yep. 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 When yeah. I so there's paper. that. There's one that's like four views on hell and heaven, and basically like what the afterlife is going to be like. So the views counterpoint series is, I think it's actually called the counterpoint series, but I've heard a lot of people say it's the views series from Zondervan. is very helpful because it gives you what the setup for the book is. Is it has somebody who has a strong opinion about an area, then they write a paper on that, then someone responds to that paper, then they respond to that paper. So it's response. lots of people. Well, it's the same person. Sometimes Responding. it's like with this one, it's the one that I'm talking about is two views on women in ministry. Oh. And it oh. begins with the egalitarian view. And, mm. then, and then someone speaks against it or towards it in a different way. And then that person responds. And so it goes back and forth. It's really good. And I just wanted to point that out to folks, especially if you're a, a, a campus ministry leader, there's a good chance you grew up in a faith tradition that has very strong views on almost everything. Mm-hmm. And maybe you didn't even know that the Christian you know, world has potentially a lot of different views on that thing that you're so sure about. And so the views counterpoint series can be really helpful for us to sort of see what is the major discussion and, and theology at large. And so I pulled out the two views of women in ministry one and I've been just flipping through it, making sure that I'm up to date on this conversation mm-hmm. as we have it. Cause I don't want to lead people astray. Uh, and then another one that I picked up recently, it's an old book. Uh, it's by Scott McKnight. It's one of his first, uh, more theological academic type works. And it's called light among the Gentiles or a light among the Gentiles. And it's talking about uh, Jewish proselytizing in the first century and second temple period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like it because it's fitting into my, my final research for my doctorate. Well, that works, but nobody else will want to read it. So I'll stop and talk about it now. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, there's a book that recently was given to me by Paul David Tripp. Have you ever read any of his stuff? Spent time um, in his stuff? He co-authored Multiply, didn't he? Sure, with probably. Is that Chan? Yes. Yes, I was going to say Francis Chan, but for some reason that didn't sound right to me. <laughs> right. But yeah, I think he co-authored that one. But other th- other than that, I have not. I've wanted to. It's been on my list. As a counselor. But we have not. Especially for someone who cares about counseling so much, you need to get into his stuff. It's mm-hmm. so helpful, so good. But he wrote a book recently called Lead, and it's 12 movements in the leadership uh, ideal toward the gospel, Ooh, so how good. leaders should be thinking about the gospel, living out the gospel. And so I'm just cracking that one open. I'll, I'll probably have more to say on it next month, but uh, we well, gave, I might want to read it when you're done. Yeah, we gave it out to a bunch of our staff and just to like process that. And um, yeah, it's quite good. So that's what I'm reading. What are you watching? Um, So, I mean, I kind of talked about that. I've been watching some Harry Potter. We started watching, it's called Blown Away on... Netflix. It's a competition of blowing glass. You're watching that? Yeah. I saw the commercial for it the other day and I thought, hmm. So they have Blown Away Christmas, but then they have like two other seasons. Okay. And um, it's really interesting. It's crazy. Like what they can do with glass is just mind-blowing to me. Yeah. I saw some of the Christmas ornaments they're doing for the Christmas special and I was like, holy cow, that's incredible. They're only half an hour episodes, so you just kind of fly through them. Sure. Because, yeah. But it is like... They sweat like crazy, which makes sense yeah. because they're dealing with a lot with torches and they're dealing a lot with, um, they call them glory holes, which sounds weird, but it's <laughs> really just a mat. Like it's like, I don't even know how hot it is in there, but it melts all of your your glass so that you can actually fully form the whole thing because torches only really deal with little spots of it. Yeah. and um, 
That's crazy. So that is a really fun show to be watching if you like, yeah, that sort of artistic thing. Um, yeah, I mean, being at home, I feel like I should be watching more things, but I'm really not, which is kind of nice. Well, you're watching him. It, that is true. Yeah. That is true. And he's that taking time and energy. Lots of time. He just wants to be on this podcast today. Yeah, he's like, I really want to be a part. You are welcome. You are absolutely welcome to be here. My girls might so end cute. up being jealous because they ask to be on it all the time, and I keep saying oh, no. So and this then is, this, this is, is great. This is great. At six weeks old, I'll be like, he's just way cuter than you guys are, and then they'll get mad at me, and it's totally worth it. But I mean, they're all cuter when they're younger, aren't they? Sure. Mm-hmm. What are you watching? Uh, you know, I'm watching all kinds of dumb things, mostly just right before I go to bed, kind of stuff. But yeah. the two that I want to talk about is the Eternals movie that came out. The Marvel movie came out in November. Is that only in theaters? Yes. Okay. At the moment, it's only in theaters. I didn't love it. It's weird, but it's also... It's like going to continue, right? Or is it just one? Yeah, probably. It's going to fit into the whole phase four. I feel like I'm confused between that and Dune. I'm not going to lie. Well, I feel like they... I'm... Yeah. They're somewhat similar, but not... But not probably at all. No. (laughs) But like for some reason, I'm... It totally makes sense as to why... Yeah. Because there's like big casts in both of them. Sure. Right? Oh, totally. Yeah, I don't know. Totally. No, so I didn't love Eternals. Uh, one kid loved it. One kid thought it was kind of weird. And it it's fine. What's interesting is they're pulling a bunch of Greek gods and giving them names as these beings that were created from the beginning of time that have been around on Earth for 7,000 years. So as far as my paper goes, I'm going, oh, this is like, this is amazing. Um, it's good stuff. And then we went to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife in Erica. Is that funny? It's so great. It's so, so that's great. when I should go did watch. You, well, did you like the first ones way back in the day? I don't know if I ever watched them, Okay, then honest. never mind. We're done talking. <laughs> uh, the 1984 <laughs> Ghostbusters was so fun for me as a kid, and, like, I just loved it. And it was so goofy. And I got to show it to my kids a couple of weeks ago because they wanted to go see this one. And I said, well, we can't do that without watching the." So I got, I should watch the first one. So yeah, you have to watch yes. at least the first, the Ghostbusters 2 was kind of weird. The one that they did a few years ago, I heard was terrible. I haven't even seen it yet. But this but one really the original hits all the right notes if you love the old one. Mm-hmm. So it just, it just was great. So yeah, my kids loved it. I thought it was great. It was fun. Yeah. Oh, another, we watched what? Red Notice. On Netflix. Yeah. I liked it. I didn't, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it was enjoyable. Like, it oh, wasn't. Oh, totally. My biggest thing was it just felt like it kept going for no reason it, at all. It, it was and long. And, and then it kept being, like. clearly starting a franchise. Lots of different things. But, but I mean, it was enjoyable sure. to watch. Sure. But it was, because I remember seeing, I was like, this is almost two hours. Yes. Yeah. I think that's part of it for us. Heidi and I both watched it and we are like, eh, we're fine. Could have probably done with an hour and a half, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are you learning these days? What you well, got going on? Yeah. Um, just continuing, you know, to learn motherhood. Oh. Right? It's an ongoing um, pursuit. I mean, but what I'm really learning with it, too, is every child is different. And I feel like I end up asking so many people for, like, how did you do this? How did you do that? Like, how do you get them to eat more at night? How do you get them to sleep more at night? And um, And a lot of people just kind of... I mean, they give you, they say what they did, you know, Mm -hmm. but really your child is definitely going to be different. Like they're all going to be different, right? Sure. So, and that kind of goes with anything in life. Um, Nothing's ever going to follow the pattern of somebody else completely. So, um, 
So just kind of learning that, like, what we're doing is fine. Like, last night he actually slept one stint of four hours and nice. one of three and a half right after each other, which was kind of great. Nice. We, Aaron was like, I don't feel like a zombie. It's great. Such a great feeling. <laughs> but, I mean, he actually sleeps pretty good at night, but usually the longest stint is the first one, and then it gets shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter sure. as the night goes on. But sure. But yeah, just really learning that I can Google as much things as I want or I can whatever, but really he could be completely different, you know, and just kind of letting that be okay and letting each phase be okay. And yeah. Because yeah, he might even go through phases where he sleeps really well and then other phases where he doesn't sleep at all. Or he becomes a teenager and then doesn't want anything to do with you and then sleeps for 12 hours right over all of and then you're like are they still alive over all of summer break and then at the end of it says man i wish i would have had more time with you on your sabbatical and you're like oh you slept all of just it. wake up mm-hmm. now that that never really totally happened but it is those funny conversations we have they're like the day is almost gone and i'm like well if you just would have woken up you'd have a lot more of it but. all right he's loving life he's like you woke me up and didn't feed me that's how I get too, though. Let's be real. So, so what are you learning these days, Christopher? Uh, I think the thing I want to share is recently, over the last couple of months, I've spent a ton of time in different ministry groups around the area, mm-hmm. whether it's ministerials or there's been a pastor's discussion I was a part of in Rockford a couple uh, days ago, or just uh, a big conversation with a, a nonprofit um parachurch organization that does some work in the area. And I think the biggest thing that I'm learning is there are a lot of like-minded followers of Jesus Mm. in our area, more than I thought there were. So then what that makes me think is how, if there are so many good churches, how can there be so many people that are are lost? And so part of what I'm processing, uh, and this has nothing to do with what's on my heart, but it, it fits into what I'm learning I'm learning there's a lot more like-minded folks in the area than I thought there were, and there's a lot to, of work to still do. And so part of what I'm wondering is what would it look like for us to engage with one another, maybe find ways to partner in a greater way mm. so that we can... Come together. Yeah, because there's strength in numbers and there's you know possibilities that, that could afford themselves just because we decided to you know work together on a, on a topic or two. So... Yeah, that's the big thing I'm learning. And I'm not sure where that's going to go or what that's going to lead to, but part of me being back in the area, I think, is is that. Because I, I grew up here. You grew up here. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect to come back to this area when I was working in ministry, but here I am. So since I have so many connections with people and know so many people in the area and we're all like-minded, all right, what's that going to mean for us moving forward? So mm-hmm. kind of interesting thought. Yeah. What... uh you know, what's what's tickling your eardrums these days? What are you listening to? Tickling your eardrums. <laughs> um, so, I mean, other than listening to Christmas music, because tis the season. See, I would say it's way too early, but my wife puts up the Christmas tree on November 1st every year. So, but also as we, t- I mean, was it here that we talked about it? But like she also takes it down very sure. promptly. Sure, but I'm just saying... I used to say that's way too early, but now and there's, now there's no too early. A, yeah. Although if we play Christmas music in July, she'd be like, no, it's way too early for that. So she's funny. So but, there is a too early. Yeah, yeah. So um, so Christmas music. What is your favorite Christmas music? 
Uh, Are you a Mariah Carey type person? I mean, I like that. Little Harry Connick. I feel like I just like it all. I don't know if I have a favorite. Okay. Um, I mean, I do love a good in sync Christmas. <laughs> Brings me back, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I have a favorite. I just it just makes me feel good, all of it. So I just listen to all of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But also, I listen to. I've been listening to Stephanie Gretzinger. Sure. You know who that is? I do. Um, her album Faith of My Father I've been listening to, which is, they're very mellow. It's very nice to listen to, like, when I have him or I'm um, trying to get him to go to sleep or different things like that. It's very mellow. They're all covers, like, sure. all actual. Like, they're not ones that I believe that she has created. Right. Um, like, I Love You, Lord, and As the Deer and those sorts of songs. So, and they're all very mellow and, yeah. I feel like it would be really good study music or... Yeah, when you're not wanting to actually be distracted, but it will, it's still good music. So, yeah, I really enjoy listening to that. It's nice. Cool. Yeah. What about you? It's popped up a few times in my playlist and I don't click on it because I have no desire to listen to it, but maybe I should now. I mean, if you, it, yeah, if you like some of those classics. Sure. And I mean, you're not going to be wowed, but it's like still sure. good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Uh, man, I, that Minio album that I talked about last month <laughs> yeah. is like on repeat to the point where I'm reading lyrics as I listen to it. And <laughs> I feel like I would have to read it, lyrics. It while is I'm straight. Otherwise, I don't know if I can. Uh, it's, it's just straight fire. There's so much going on. There's this one song that he just kind of goes off on the idea of, um, I'll never cheat, and this is what it looks like. And it just, he's got another guy going back and forth. And at one point, they're, like, going at it, like, double dutch. And they start going back and forth, like, almost mm. as if, like, they're jumping into the the, the jump rope kind of mm-hmm. deal. It's really good. So I'm enjoying that. The girls like it. Every time we get in the car, they're like, Minio, let's do Minio. So we've been listening to it. And we've driven to Janesville. We've driven all over the place in the last couple of weeks. And everywhere we go, we're listening to it. And Heidi likes it, too, so that's good. So we're yeah, all, then you don't have to fight over it, right? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also introduced the girls to U2 the other day. Mm. They both said they liked it, but I'm not sure that they did. We'll see. <laughs> but they both really want to see this Sing 2 that's coming out mm-hmm. soon, which looks absolutely terrible to me. But but the preview has a, a U2 song. Okay. So I was like, I want them to hear what this is. Uh, and then I, th- I think I've mentioned this podcast before, but if I haven't, I, I want to say it now. If you're a campus minister or a young adult pastor or really – a pastor of any kind. First of all, welcome. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We're glad you're here. But if you're not listening to the Rebuilders podcast, it is so helpful. So Mark Sayers is a pastor in Australia. He's, uh, I'd say, kind of a cultural icon. I, I know for sure I've talked about uh, what's the this cultural moment. Mm-hmm. That was a podcast I brought up a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much Mark Sayers and then... Um, Somebody else, his name's escaping me at this point. But um, they're sitting around talking about uh, various things in this cultural moment. In Rebuilders, it's it's just him and a couple of people on his team talking about what, we sh- what we're supposed to make of, of the pandemic or mm. how we're supposed to, like, pastor and lead in the midst of this. And he's, he's in Australia. They've taken a much different tack mm-hmm. to this than we have in America. 
and uh, much more unified, but also much more controversial in some ways. Like even even some Australians are not very happy with how it's all gone down. And it's interesting listening to him talk about it. But what I found most helpful is it sort of readjusted my expectations about things. And it was really helpful on my sabbatical. And now that I'm out of sabbatical, I've kept it in my listening. Um, oh, so I'll just I'll go back to an episode every once in a while and just think about it. And he sometimes brings in another leadership, ep- you know, uh, person, expert, something, you know, someone with expertise in leadership. And they'll talk about pastoral ministry in this time and like what to be thinking about, what to be doing. And it's just it's just really really helpful. It's mm-hmm. good stuff. So it's worth listening to. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. What's on your heart? Um, I mean. I hate to sound like a broken record, but truly, like, my my son, right, is on my heart, like, all the time. It's crazy, he, isn't it? It is absolutely crazy. Um, And, I mean, it's also just interesting how, like, my husband and I do things differently. Like, if he's crying, because it's also a little different. Our son doesn't cry for no reason. Right. We don't – and actually, I shouldn't say any child – that's that's a baby actually cries for no reason. It's usually, even like ones that don't stop crying, it's usually colic, which means they're gassy right. or whatever, like they have a reason. Right. But ours, it's hungry, might need a change in position, like doesn't want to lay that way anymore, or um, could be I, overtired. I, I cry at those moments too. Right? I need, like, I need uh, a change of position, yeah. Um, or a diaper change. Like there, yeah. it's, there's not much in between, and he doesn't cry about anything else. And so they are things that we can fix, but when we're when he's crying like and we're driving and we can't stop it's hard because like I know we can fix that sure and i want to like it's okay it's okay like i want to talk to him i want to like hold his hand like coddle him you know whatever it might be um whereas and and whereas Aaron does things definitely different like he might hold his hand but he He's just kind of like it. There's nothing we can do, so yeah. we just we're just gonna keep powering through. And yeah, like last night he was like, "Why does it bug you so bad?" Because I almost was wanting to cry because he was just so distraught. And it's like we're so close to home. Just uh, just hold on. And he's like, "Why does it bug you so much?" And I'm just like, "This is my job right now. Like this is all sure. I have. Right? Like I'm not. I don't have anything else taking up." space in my mind right. or in my, in my heart or life or, um, and so that has, that is, yeah, it's hard for me to see him in distress and, um, but also just like, yeah, like you just, he like consumes your life. Right. And, yeah. um, and I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think it is a little different obviously between like mother and father, how those, cause I think it was yes. the same thing for the father, but it definitely manifests itself in different ways for both of us too. Mm-hmm. And so just learning a lot of those things, but also, um, yeah, like I don't like to see him crying or upset or, um, especially because I know we can do something about it, you know? And I know Aaron has said like, well, what are you going to do later on? Are you just going to, like, bow every time that he cries, like, later on? I'm like, well, no, he'll probably deserve to cry later on when things, you know, like, if he did something wrong and he's crying because he feels bad about it, like, no, I'm not going to coddle that, you know? But um, but right now, like, 
it's all stuff we can deal, we can do, we can fix, we can. Sure. So just, yeah, learn. I mean, it's part of learning too, like learning that it is okay that he cries. Um, but there's sometimes when he's like, I'm like, he's about to hyperventilate because he's crying so hard. Um, and those are the times when I'm like, oh, it just hurts my heart. Sure. And I struggle with, I should say struggle with it because I don't think it's something that I'm not, that's, I feel like anybody, it would, it, it would, you know, affect you, but. Unless you're heartless like me. That doesn't, no, I mean, I'm just kidding. It is a, it's definitely a learning uh, curve, right? I mean, you're, you're learning what cries mean what and what do you do about this and that and mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's not easy. Nope. And I mean, he like runs. I mean, that's what's hard too is like he like runs my life. And so I think that's part of what is on my heart too is just that like it's it is hard. I I I can't go away for too long. Right. I can't um I can't just leave right. and not have a plan in place, you right. know. Right. Um and that can be really hard for somebody who is more of kind of an independent person or values their their time, their alone time or whatever and so that's also been something to kind of, yeah, get used to and and also knowing that it's just a phase. This is just a season. This is not going to be forever. I will, I will not be breastfeeding forever. <laughs> no. No. Some, some parents try, it seems, but I'm, I'm glad that you won't. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, I, my goal was six months, and I think – I will try to do that long, but after that, I'm like, there is this part of me that's like, I do kind of want my body back. You sure. Know? And so, yeah, there is a little bit of. It's totally understandable. A little bit of that. But also love to be able to do this. Like, I know that some people can't, so I'm glad that I am able to. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. What about you? What's, what's on, on my, your heart? What's on my heart? The heart that you say is non-existent. Yeah, I am a. Uh, I'm just basically a, a tin man <laughs> walking around. No, here's one of the things I've been thinking about lately that's just on my heart is what who who are you or what do you do when you get it wrong? You know what I'm saying? And I've been asking this to myself. There's I'm I'm asking it more because there are there are occasionally things in the Bible or theologically that people come to me with a very strong opinion about because they've learned it, maybe even going back to that, women or yeah, in yeah. ministry or something else. And they're convinced that they've, they've got it all nailed down. But when I bring up other passages to them or other things, mm. they kind of reel back a little bit and then they get defensive and then they try to explain it through their lens. Mm -hmm. And I, so th the big thing that's on my heart is just who are you when you get it wrong? Like, or, are you open to the possibility that maybe you're getting something wrong? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when we, when we think that we're right all the time, I think most humans probably think they're right all the time, right? You have a favorite sports team. You're convinced it's the best sports team in the world. You, you have a yeah. favorite, whatever, like you, you like a book or a movie or something and you're convinced this is the best thing. And then if someone else has another opinion, you kind of freak out. Well, 
when we're dealing with data sets and we're dealing with numbers and science and that kind of stuff, and, and honestly, in some ways, you know, good theology relies on the sciences to some extent. It has to, right? We have to do study uh, in word studies and things like that. Those are all science of linguistics and things like that. Um, the issue is, are you open to the possibility that you maybe are getting it wrong in an area or something? And, and who are you going to be if you get it wrong? And so I've just been asking that question to myself. Uh, not that I necessarily think that I've got something wrong right now, but I've, I'm definitely asked the question, like, what if somebody came to me and said tomorrow, hey, you missed this because you were focused on this over here and you totally missed all of these other things over here. This is really important and you blew it. My reaction typically has been uh, to not get super defensive and say, yeah, that's a good point. Let's think mm -hmm. about that and figure it out. Um, but I hope that's true. And so I've just sort of been wrestling with that and kind of thinking it through. I think part of that's because I'm working toward the final part of the doctorate. And there's definitely going to be people out there that have very strong opinions about mm. what's being shared or not being shared. And, and I'm trying to be careful not to overstate what I'm trying to argue, but at the same time knowing that there's an argument that needs to be made. And so I'm just asking that question. What, who are you when you get it wrong? And, and specifically for myself, you know, hey, Chris, who are you when you get it wrong? And are you teachable and are you open to what professors are going to say or what yeah. people are going to say to you? So, I think that's good for all of us because I think if we're not able to take in new information and reassess our thoughts, beliefs, opinions, whatever it might be, then I think, yeah, then we need to kind of, as you said, like, who are we then? Like, who are we going to be? Because you don't know everything right now. Right. And you don't know everything in five years. You don't know everything. Like, so to be so grounded in a belief, thought, opinion, and not able to hear what somebody else is saying. Right. And then to be able to reassess and say, is that right or wrong? or, And I think that's huge for these last couple of years, like just with things that have been coming out, you know? Yeah. And being able to... Being able to say, I was wrong, is huge. Right. And that's immensely humble. Yeah. That's where we're supposed to be, right? Yeah. Humble. And I agree. Yeah, so I think that's huge. Well, I concur, and that's kind of where I'm at, and that's where you're at. And that was the month of November. We had all kinds it of... It flew by. It's Erica, it's only going to go faster. <sighs> I, I hate to say that to you, but just wait. When he's 21 and I'm like, oh my gosh, where the years go? Exactly. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Yamcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember to check us out on all the socials like Instagram at the Yamcast. We love to hear back from you guys, so please leave us a comment or a review, and we might even send you guys a sticker. Also, if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com. Hi, Bubba. Are you ready to go? I got to go to the store real quick and pick up one little thing. Can we do that? Do you think we can?